Hello and welcome to a special edition of the In The Money Podcast. This is our show for Maryland Million Day, brought to you by the Maryland Jockey Club. So happy to be working with them on this show and very happy to be welcoming in a guest who I think is a first timer on these airwaves, though I did have a great time hanging out with him at the, the party Preakness Week down in Maryland, so only appropriate that we bring him in now to talk about Maryland Million Day. John Piasek, a busy man today. How are things? I could not be any better, Peter. Beautiful day. Possibly the best code in Maryland Million history. Over 170 entries, over 12 races, lots of wide open races, and should be a lot of big pools today. Give us a quick bit of background about yourself and your interest in Maryland racing. Well, I went to college at, at Loyola, Maryland. I, I graduated in 2018, and I knew that Maryland had a great uh, 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 horse culture. I mean, the Maryland Jockey Club was founded in 1743. The Maryland Horse Breeders goes back to the 1920s. And when I started going, it was right around the time Maryland racing was starting to experience a, a renaissance. So I, so I got in, involved in Maryland racing, started writing for Frank Vespi on the racingbiz.com. I, I covered Lowell for Dan Torchman's site, um, starting in about 2016. And I started working at the Holy Spirit in, in July and loving uh, every minute. That's fantastic. All right, let's dive in. So quick programming note, the pick five, the late pick five, it's not the last five races. It's seven through 11, the idea being to end on the big one. The Maryland Million. And that's where we will begin with race number seven, the Maryland Million Distaff. I was super uncreative in here, John, thinking on paper it looked like a bit of a match between the number one, Field d'Esprit, and the number two, Maryland, uh, excuse me, Malibu Brute Beauty. I would love to bring you in, though, for your thoughts on how we want to light this candle of the late pick five. Well, I would say one horse who might not get that much love as compared to the two you mentioned is is number six, Wicked Hot, a daughter of Mosley, read by Randy Ridgely and Gary Ridgely in Maryland, trained by Graham Motion. Hasn't yet won this year, but but has been getting better with every start. Ran some big races here at Laurel earlier in in, in the year. Lost by just a neck to swaying to and fro, a, a very good South Carolina bred who came back to win the Shine Against Stakes of Pimlico in September. Ran a huge race on the lead at Saratoga in August. Lost by just a half length on the huge figure, uh, a 94 on, on Brisnet scale. Her last race was awful at Saratoga. Lost by 42 lengths, but had a terrible trip. It was on an off-track Going a mile out of the Wilson shoe, which, of course, starts on the turn and, and is a bit funky. She had a wide trip throughout and really had no chance. But these circumstances are much more ideal for her. So that would be your top pick, Wicked Hot, and maybe mixing in the one and the two. Is that how you're seeing it? I would say so. If I was playing a late pick five, and I almost certainly am, I'm going <laughs> to um, um, use one, two, and six, especially because, and I know you saw this, Yesterday, I thought uh, a track was playing toward inside speed. There were five dirt races, and, and all the winners had speed toward the inside. And, and a lot of horses who were on the inside showed a lot more stamina and heart than they might usually. Now, that could change today, so it's, it's, it's not set in stone yet, but it's worth keeping an eye on. And if that happens, I think especially Malibu Beauty, who, who has lost early speed from post two, moves up. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. I'm going to try to get out with the one and the two and maybe put in some backups because I do think that's a good idea you have on uh, on number six, Wicked Hot. Let's move on to the Maryland Million Lassie, which goes as race number eight. Oh, I should point out that the pick five starts at two two fifty three is the scheduled post time I have for race seven. Is that the same as what you're as what you're seeing for the Maryland Million distaff? Uh, yep, two fifty-three. Okay, so the you know not a ton of lead time for the show, but definitely enough time to get tickets organized, etc. The second leg is race number eight, where we've got these two-year-old fillies going six furlongs in the Lassie. Uh, this is another race where I wish I could give you something creative, but I felt like the favorites made a lot of sense. The six chickiness has the form. That runner that beat her the last two starts, bound by destiny, four for four, multiple stakes winning Kentucky bread, puts up the type of figures that would make her odds on in here. I'm thinking chickiness can settle off the speed and make first run. I will back up with the 10 Malibu Moonshine, very good on debut. And this just shapes like a runner who's going to improve off that effort. Though I will note, the big run did come courtesy of a setup. The slot may have moved her up. But too logical to ignore. Six and ten for me in race number eight. John, how do you see it? Yeah, I'm going to put in a similar boat. I mean, Morning Line tells you it's 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 going to get bad as a two horse race on paper. Bush Chickiness has a back class. Malibu Moonshine, who who is based in New York, even though she's the daughter of Anchor and Hope Stallion Bourbon Courage, came from off the pace and and won. Um, going away on debut. And what I thought was interesting is Dylan Davis came down to Pimlico to ride that horse. Now, granted, Aqueduct was not in action that weekend, but, you know, you know, he could have taken that day off. He came down, and he ended up um, on a winning horse. I think that shows this Philly's pretty live. One long shot I, I, I kind of like in here is number um, 11, Blow, a daughter of Blofeld. She went gate to wire to break her maiden at Delaware on September 14th. Ran a very good dressing figure of 75, sharply improved from her debut. Ran a decent fourth, outran her odds behind on uh, uh, chickiness last time out. Gets heavy on Kalito, of course, one of her top jockeys in Maryland in the saddle. And she could work out a trip and maybe spice up the exotics at a good price. All right, 10, 6, and 11 for John in leg B. Leg C, the stakes continue. Um, we've got the Maryland Million Turf going a mile and an eighth this time around. John, we'll keep it with you. So there's not a lot of speed in this race. Like a lot of grass horses down here in Maryland are kind of clones of each other. They all kind of sit way behind and like to make these big moves. So anybody who has even a little bit of speed, I think moves up. Number seven, Midnight Hauler is my topic. And here a Pennsylvania bred son of the late Seville. He won Lebanon Valley very impressively at Penn National two starts back. Made a powerful move at the top of the stretch and just, just accelerated home. Last time out in the alphabet soup, didn't do that much behind by land and sea. A nest out stakes winner who got a very advantageous pace setup, but Midnight Hall is still out kicked the others and got up for second and ran a, a another good Brisnet figure. I got to figure he's going to be a little bit close to the pace, and he is the most logical. There's two other horses who, who could go off at a bit of a price, who I like. Number 11, Wicked Franks, 8-1 to one on the morning line. Don't know if he'll get that, but he should be still a, de- a decent number. He's the son of Mosler. He went gate to wire on Sunday, won a first-level flounce race by a neck, and he's almost always in front at the first few points of calls. He could get away with a very sleepy lead. And one wild card horse in here is 
Number six, Rumjo, a son of Holy Boss, owned by Wasabi Stables, a, a recent claim by them. He has not yet raced on grass, but he's in improving form. He, he ran a big race at Delaware last time out to get second. He ran a career top figures. In fact, he's earned career top figures in each of his last two starts. He's also going to be forwardly placed, and if he takes to grass, he could be a surprise. It's an interesting idea there on, on Rumjar, who I'd ignored, and... I don't exactly see it on the blood, but I don't not see it either. And an improving three-year-old late in the season, that's always a good angle to find a long shot. I was exactly with you on the other two. We're reading from the same playbook on that one. I put Midnight Hauler on top, hoping that a runner like So Street will do enough early to keep Wicked Prankster honest. And I just think if that happens, Midnight Hauler is just going to get an absolutely great setup. Uh, based on the last run and how this horse finished up, I think the added ground's going to be to the benefit. This is a winning kind in this spot, well spotted, and that horse that you mentioned who beat him last time was odds on there and returned to win again with a strong figure. 7 and 11 for me. I'm going to take another look at your uh, your long shot room jar you mentioned, the six runner. I did think there was a world in which Wicked Prankster just so sharp and could have that, that pace edge, so I did want to have some 11s on the ticket as well that moves us on to race number 10 we've got the maryland million sprint going six furlongs on the dirt and another big full field here as you pointed out just amazing amount of uh, of entries and great weather fun day of betting at laurel um in store for us Ah, another one of these races where I want to come on here and tell you about a clever horse. Maybe you'll have a clever one. But for me, number 11, for the love of bourbon, not just a hunch play. This horse just looks too fast for these. And then the key thing is the versatility. This horse can pass horses. Between that skill and this draw, I think for the love of bourbon, it's going to be okay. Probably fast enough to seize control right from the outset, from the outside post. But if somebody else goes on a mission, um, I think that he could probably just settle and stalk and pounce. His job gets a lot trickier if, as you pointed out, this is going to be all inside speed again and might be a horse where I have to go back and get creative before this late pick five if it seems like the kind of day where you've got to be inside. But I just, from this far out, I thought For the Love of Bourbon just made all the sense in the world. John, are you with For the Love of Bourbon or against in the sprint? I am 100% on board. He is uh, most talented horse in this field by a long shot. Um, he is a multiple stakes winner this year. He's won his last five. In fact, I profiled him in the latest Mid-Atlantic Thurban magazine, if anyone out there subscribes to that. As you noted, he, he went gate to wire to win at Parks uh, last time out. Two starts back, he, he, he came from off the pace and beat multiple stakes winner this year, Baron quite easily. And Paco Lopez is coming in for the mount on the son of Bowman Courage. And, you know, Paco knows what's up. If he, <laughs> I think if, if he senses this track is playing towards speed, he's going to gun him from the outside post, try to get over to the rail best he can. And I think he's good enough that he should be able to clear the rest of this group and just leave him really. That's a great point. Anything to back up with or horses for exotics, or is this a stone cold single for you? Pick five-wise, I think he's an easy single. There's a few horses underneath as a long shot to it, kind of like. A few closers who might pick up um, some pieces in spite of the bias. Air Token, number 12. He, he won this race last year at 7-1, made me a lot of money. He has a lot of good um, late speed. Recently, 
recently returned off a long layoff and is in improving form. And number 13, Elusive Agent, has a powerful closing kick for Tim Keith. He's a son of Blofeld, uh, uh, token, a son of Golden Lad. Elusive Agent won a Maryland Brett allowance series last time out, came off a fast pace to do it. And I figure if um, this track is even a little bit fair, he should be hurt from late at decent odds. All right, so 12 and 13 to mix in with number 11, going with lots of outside numbers for you in the sprint. Do I have that right? Yes, you do. All right, let's talk about the big one. Race number 11 is the Maryland Million itself. We're going a mile and an eighth for three-year-olds and up over this Laurel Dirt. And when it comes to this late pick five, we will do bonus coverage of the 12th race because I actually had a long shot I wanted to mention there. But when it comes to this 11th race and the pick five we've been talking about, how are we going to get paid? Well, well, I'll tell you what. On October 1st, a split-second Van Scholars crossed um, the wire. I said, I really hope he runs in, in a Maryland Million Classic because he's going to win. And three weeks later, I'm standing by that. He <laughs> ran a gigantic. A absolutely gigantic race that day. He he came in in good form. He he won the Bald Eagle Derby on this track, gate to wire in his first start in a long time. Finished second in a stakes in Delaware off a two-day layoff, which you don't see too often. Came back in the Japan Turf Cup, which was washed away the dirt. And the son of Holy Boss, bred by Anchor and Whole Farm, he dueled through. Very fast tractions. The other two horses in this who were on the pace, well beaten, lost by, I think, 24 and a half lengths and, and 52 and a half lengths. So Van Scholars had absolutely no business doing well in that race. But he fought very gamely in the stretch, and he only lost by a length. So I got to figure, again, if the track is playing towards speed, he'll get pace pressure, but there's not, I don't think, a lot of quality speed drawn to his inside. Jorge... Ruiz was heads up with him in the Bold Eagle Derby, got into the rail and, and got the win. And I figure he's going to look at a similar trip here. I mean, um, as far as I'm concerned, he's a, he's a good horse at single. Interesting. That's a bold single because you're going to get a, a decent price. Now, what do we think about Cordmaker's chances of drawing in here? Are there any early scratches? We're recording this at 9 o'clock in the morning. So, you know, we don't have all the info yet. But to me, that's one of the keys to this race. What, what's your best guess if Cordmaker participates? Well, he would need a few scratches because in, in Maryland Million, the only way Maryland breads uh, um, draw, can draw in can draw into a stakes is if the race drops below eight Maryland side entries. So he would need quite a bit of help to get in. Gosh. But if he does get in, I mean, I know he's, he's, he's coming off a long layoff, but he has so much back class he would. Yeah, he, he would that was my first question about the race. A couple ones I wanted to talk about in here. The three double crown I thought was interesting. Chased an advantaged winner, I thought, loose and on the right part of the track. I think you can make a case that Double Crown could prove the best closer in a race that could end up being full of speed. I mean, I respect your opinion about Vance Scholars, but I'm seeing some horses, I think, that have to go in here to have their best chance. If that happens, I, I feel like Double Crown is a very solid runner who's maybe just a little bit better than the bare form suggests with that synth run darkening the form as well as that race where I felt like he was disadvantaged by the way the track was playing last time. And number five, Ain't the Beer Cold was another I wanted to mention who I thought made sense. Um, needs probably to settle a little bit farther back than he's been in his last couple of races if I'm right about how the pace is going to shake out in here. But that's a possibility under a shrewd rider in Sheldon Russell. And this horse has decent finish for a runner with tactical speed. So I was going to try to play it three and five. If Cordmaker gets in, 
I would like to use Cordmaker, but I think you're making good cases as to why that might not happen. You're going to try to close this thing out in style with the single of number seven, Vance Scholars. And out of deference to you, I may throw in. I, I was just maybe the littlest bit, uh, I don't know about skeptical, but I wasn't sure how to consider the form with all that off-turf racing form in there. But you make a good case that that form might stand up against this group. And, and I'm with you. Whenever you have that moment where you see a horse cross the wire and you say you'll right away hey say hey i know what the next target that should should be for that horse and that happens yet you you owe it to yourself as a serious horse player to go ahead and bet that horse in that spot so i get that completely let's do a quick word on the nightcap of the maryland million turf distaff starter handicap that we've got cooking here and, and I want to mention this race because I actually had a horse, finally, a horse that I think is going to be a big price that I thought was worth putting forward. Very difficult post for number 13, Glossomer, in this spot. She's going to have to work out a trip from the parking lot. But I just thought this horse could be kind of situation where that tough post means you get compensated in price. And she's got form that ties in very closely with your logical favorite, number three, Downtown Katie, whom I respect. I think Glossomer could end up 15 to 1 to downtown Katie's 3-1 to one in this spot. And I thought it was usable from a form point of view on that basis alone. And I also wanted to put forward the number 7 brushing in this spot, who I thought was very logical to improve second time off the layoff, has competitive numbers, and I thought would be in a good attacking spot on the stretch out, getting a nice lead into the race from Claire's Darling, who I think Claire's Darling is probably a pop-and-stop type. I think this could set up very interestingly for, uh, for for the 13, the 3, and the 7. And I'll mess around in exactas with those and, and you know see if we can't make this last race a winning one. John, did you have a quick thought you wanted to share on the nightcap before we get out of here? Well, it's it's a wide-open race. I can't blame you for liking um, anybody. And I hadn't really looked at Glossomer before, but now that he's talking about it, he definitely has a case in, 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 in improving form, has been holding her own against similar types. And, and I think if you are going to spread in any kind of multi-race bet or maybe use some exactas or trifectas, you have to use her. I put downtown Katie on top. She, she has a good closing kick. Jaime Rodriguez gets aboard, and, and she should work out a good trip for the inside. All right, good stuff. We appreciate you coming on. I know you've got a busy media day, so we won't keep you too long. We'll be sending this show out um, and hoping to get you back on soon. We've really enjoyed the work we've done with Maryland Jockey Club this year. This is a great day of racing. Do not sleep on this card. You know, we've got, you got, you know, New York has some good stuff today. Keeneland has some good stuff today, but nobody's got anything better than what Laurel's got going on with this Maryland Million Day card. John, where can people find more from you and make sure to give your social media info? Find me, uh, um, uh, 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 a personal um, account is at the off. And if you want to know all about Maryland Reds and Maryland Racing, follow at Maryland TP on Twitter and you'll get uh, 411 on what's going on with Maryland Reds. Love it. We're going to talk to you more about uh, doing more stuff because I really do enjoy the Maryland Bread program. It seems like a, you know it's been a great to be you know, covering this stuff through Maryland Jockey Club, and, and maybe there's even some more we can do. John Piasek will thank you one more time. We'll thank our friends at the Maryland Jockey Club. Most of all, we're going to thank all of you for listening and making these shows so much fun to do. I'm Peter Thomas Fornatal. May you win all your photos. <laughs>